Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Monday Night Main Stage. I am your host, Main Event Mike. This is Open Mic Night, along with our producer, Russell Wayne, and the West Coast Stat Master, Mr. Greg Rice. How are you tonight, gentlemen? Woo! One pride, baby! Let's go! We also have Detroit Jesus, Melvin G is in the house. The X Factor's here. How are you, Melvin? What's up, fellas? I'm all right. I'm all right. How y'all fellas doing? Man, we're feeling good, Melvin, coming off a 40-14 to beatdown of the Jaguars. I'm going to tell you what. Uh, we're going to get it rolling here. Welcome to the panel of headliners. Gentlemen, this is the main event. Here's the first verse. Lions beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 40-14 to in Ford Field on Sunday. They looked incredible. They won. They played complimentary football, both sides of the ball. They put two great halves together. They ran the ball effectively, passed the ball effectively, played effective defense. There's just so many good things that came out of it. What are your initial reactions, Greg, to this incredible win? Well, I mean, you just hit on everything. Essentially, this was complete and utter domination, you know, in all three facets, you know. And we're seeing the progression of this coaching staff and, and – I went into this game looking at it like these are two teams in two similar situations um, in terms of overall talent, personnel, where we're at. And, um, you know, you just hit the nail on the head. It was utter domination in every facet of the game. Uh, I mean, you look at everything that went down, like we own the Jags. And they looked very much more like a rebuilding team than we did. And so I'm just ecstatic. Yeah, that's a great point. Both teams, four and seven, come in. You, uh, the Jags actually a one-and-a-half-point favorite going into Ford Field. Melvin G., what are your initial reactions from this victory? <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's complete and other domination. I loved every minute of it. Like, just you saw the progression week after week culminate into this just ass-whooping to the Jags. And, man, it's just a beautiful thing. Is this going to be the beginning of something big, Melvin, you think? We already run four out of man, five. It, 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 it could be, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to go, you know, that far. But, I mean, it definitely could be. Like, this is, like, when you're stringing together wins, you know, at this time of the year, this is when team, like, that's how teams make that push, you know. That's They're right. winning at the right time. You know, regardless of what happened at the beginning of the season, we're winning at the right time. And, you know, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Great take. Slappy, Russ Wayne. Oh, man, when the slappy gets to be the slappy, and I love 40 it 40 right to 14, there. what's your reactions? A complete and total dominating victory right there. It is so nice to see the offense score on every single possession <laughs> they had no answer for everything i think we kicked a couple field goals because we felt bad and we were like man we whooping your ass we ain't what listen we ain't used to whipping ass this much so uh <laughs> we're kind of feeling bad about it but i think that we got a couple happy fans out here too when you look at this facebook user say the confidence they played with is just something else the boys uh the boys love one another, and it shows on the field. It's great to see it all come together, and this is how we learn to win. And, man, watch out next year. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's a great call-out from yeah. our Facebook user. We yeah. really appreciate you, somebody stepping up to the open mic tonight on Monday and letting us know. Yeah, I definitely think the guys had a swagger, especially on defense. There was a real killer instinct there. People swarming to the ball. Just awesome. My initial reaction to this game is what we have already said. You know, just a great, complete team effort. Jack Fox didn't give on the field one time. 
that's a good thing. So uh, I, I wanted to point out that uh, I, I know Jared Goff had a great game and you were going to be on him today, Russ, but <laughs> you made the graphic already when I, I it made me laugh. And the graphic says, doesn't say Lions win. It says Goff destroys Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Hey, real quick, <laughs> real quick before we get too much further in and 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 backtrack. Right. Um, I wanna I wanna pick up on the comment that was just brought uh, brought to our attention. You know, the one you just read off. Um, I love the fact that he used you know this team. The guys love each other because if you saw after they broke it down in the locker room, you know the last few weeks it's been team, team, team. Like they said, family. Yeah. When they broke it down, they said yeah. family, you know. So like, I, I think that's that's an indicator of definitely how this team feels about one another. I yes, think sir. that's a it's a beautiful thing right there. We have a ton of other comments right here too. So let me read off a couple. Of them. And keep in mind right here, they do have a fa uh, when you get Streamyard. If you put your information in, we can just read what your name is. So I don't have to say Facebook user. So Facebook user says that. Uh, we lost uh, two close, uh, close games by three points, which that's that's I mean, we could have a way better record right now. That's a good Buffalo point. Game, yeah. To be honest, uh, fans, we should really be nine and two. OK, that might be a little bit of a stretch right there, but that's <laughs> that's all good, too. Um, I did ask a question at the beginning uh, when I put it into the comments and said, what do you think the ending records would be? So uh, they think we're going to finish four and one. Uh, I like the way that uh, the whole team played. I mean, we got lots of love on uh, on this six and zero, four and one. We beat the Vikings. Russell Wayne, I can see them winning out. <laughs> Hopefully, right, yeah. at least four and one. Yeah, I love it. All the positive comments. We love you. Well, Russell Wayne, you did predict a couple, uh, you know, right after the Buffalo game that we were going to win the rest of our games this season and finish ten and seven. Correct. You, you, you're on. You're on record as saying that. So uh, I think you were the first person I heard to say it. So, um, yeah, we look great. So who particularly, like, who really stood out for you, Greg? Who's our breaker and who's our faker? Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Uh, there's a couple obvious picks. I'm going to go with the non-obvious pick. The guy that just got this this opening series started for us, Deshaun Elliott, man. Yeah. Look, man, uh, the opening drive, the forced fumble, set the tone for the rest of the game. After that, there was no looking back. Look, man, th this guy graded out with a 72.7 uh, defense. Did we lose him? Uh, yeah, I think so. He froze Here right there. Tracy Walker. And we really haven't missed a beat, man. We really haven't. Um, uh, I brought it up to you guys a few times. I was not a big fan of signing, re-signing Tracy Walker to the sizable contract we did. But um, we're, we're here with him, and I wish him nothing but the best. But Deshaun Elliott, has, he's played well. And he's played well for us the majority of the season, man. So just a big shout-out to him and, and everything he's brought to this defense. For sure. He had a great game on Sunday as well. Russell Wayne, who's a breaker and who's a faker? Gosh, man, it's so hard to pick a, a a breaker, but obviously my great my breaker is going to be Jared Goff because this town is so hard on him when he's bad, and they kind of gloss over when he's good, and they don't really talk about it. They want to give credit to other people, but Jared Goff, you, sir, <laughs> you had the game breaker game. Your offense, you couldn't be stopped. We didn't even need our punter 
because that offense was so complete. I know that you have to put a shout out to the offensive line. You have to put a shout out to the other people that made that happen. But Goff did make the throws. Um, I would think if I have to pick a faker, it would be Travis Etienne because we were told to worry so much about him and that we needed to be <laughs> shaking in our boots and our defense just kind of dominated that, that whole offense. And, you know, I think that that offense is kind of a faker along with Travis Etienne. Melvin, breaker. Who's, who's a game breaker? Who's a game faker? I'm going to go for my breaker. I'm going to go with the guy that golf gets the ball to, and that's going to be Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes, sir. Like, yes, sir. You, you yes, just sir. can't stop him. He's going to eat, and he's and he's going to make big plays. That's just going to just gonna break your will, and I love that. Uh, the Fakers, I'm going to go with the whole Jags team. You know, everybody <laughs> was high on them after last week, and we see what that was all about. All oh, right. Wow. I love I that. like it. <laughs> my, my game breaker. Is going to be my game breaker is going to be the coaching staff, and my faker is the referees for calling one bogus penalty on the Lions. <laughs> they had they had one penalty, gentlemen. The whole team, as a team, they had one penalty, and when, every time they showed the replay, even the announcer says, "What are they talking about? It can't be that. That's not what they're talking." It was a terrible holding call. So, in my opinion, the Lions played a mistake-free game, and you got to give kudos to the coaching staff. For, for pitching a shutout when it comes to, to, to penalties. So just a well-played game all the way around, and the coaches did an outstanding job of getting the team prepared. So they're my game breakers. And that leads us right into our coaching assessment. What is your assessment of the coaching, Greg Rice? All right, I'm reading his lips. He says, Dan Campbell should be run out of town. Oh, wait, here we go. <laughs> here we go. I'm here okay. now. Uh, no, on a real note, since that one and six, where I was really, and I mean really harsh on this coaching staff, like like fire Aaron Glenn, right, Dan Campbell. So. Yeah, you know, and, and I can honestly say since then on, on this four out of five win streak, I have seen improvement, man. Um, Aaron Glenn, my sincerest apologies for ripping you on social media. Man, you have really gotten it together, man. Um, he has done so amazing. It just, it, in terms of every facet of play, you guys, like, like literally, I can't stress it enough, from our defensive line getting pressures, our, our linebackers, Derek Barnes, emergence this last five, six weeks, Anzalone doing his thing, we're getting it done, you know? And offensively, this is the resurgence that I needed to see. I needed to see this from golf. Give me some confidence. I was, I was really looking at next year's draft, like, you know, and each of these quarterbacks and Stroud and Bryce Young have their perks and negatives. But I was really looking at kind of a forced draft on one of these two. And if Goff can just – he didn't have to play lights out like he did yesterday. But just give us that consistent vibe. And 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 the coaching is doing it. So Ben Johnson called a great offensive coordinator. Ben Johnson did a great job calling the offense. And he, he kept Jacksonville uh, confused all the time, mixing in the run in the past. I thought it was a great job uh, on his end. Melvin, what would you see with this coaching? Um, you know, I said it a couple of weeks ago, like we're watching this coaching staff grow up in front of us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I think the coaching staff kind of took, a, I was, you know, I was guilty of it when it came to Glenn, you know, I wasn't so much as hard on, on Campbell, you know, like, I think they took a little more guff than they probably should have seen as, you know, this is their second year in their positions, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's a, it's a learning curve. You're going to learn, but, uh, I, this game is absolutely like Nate. It was it was almost flawless, you know. They they coached their asses off. This was a great, uh, uh, this is a great 
uh, what the was the word I'm looking for? Example. I don't know why that escaped me, but this is a great <laughs> example of you know what the coaching can look like when they're at the top of their game. Good call, Russ. Anything to add there? Yeah, I did. What I wanted to add was like back in the beginning of the season when uh, they were giving Dan, we all were giving Dan Campbell a really hard time about going forward on fourth down and this Rightly and that. so. And maybe, but when you look at the entire embodiment of the season, he played a game where it was completely out of control, where he went for it way too much. He went and played a game where it was completely conservative, where he didn't go for it on any fourth downs. I think that Dan Campbell is proving that he's psychotic and that you have no idea what he's going to do at any point in time. And I think that's going to be an advantage going into the end of the season. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And I'm going to get well, a com How about a comment? Can I get a comment? Go ahead. But I want to stay on this because I, I mean, Greg and you, I, and we're, we're kind of apologizing for what the way we were so hard on Dan Campbell, but rightly so he gave away at least two games. Sure. I, I, I mean, I he think gave that, away at least two games. And we look at this yeah. game last Sunday. Here he is. And you know we're all going go for it, Dan. Nope, sends out the kicking team. All right, he's he's learning, right? He's growing, like 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 uh, 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 Melvin said there, right before our eyes, they're growing up. Right. So he's growing right, up but... and he's learning. So I'm giving him his kudos now. But we don't need to be sorry for ripping him early because oh, we don't. We don't. No, can, can, let, let, let me. Let me put that caveat out there. We do not need to apologize for the coaching. All I'm saying is that now that it's all in the rearview mirror, he looks like he's psychotic. You don't know what he's going to You look right at me uh, uh, two weeks in a row going, it's fourth down on our own 20. Do you think he's going to go for it? And you didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, look, honestly, I have to kind of disagree with you guys. I think there is some level of, of, like, like we should be, we should be a little bit sorry. Like, I'm like, we wanted this coaching staff to know everything. That, look, look, yeah. look. They're the second year. You know, we wanted this yeah. coaching staff to know everything they're supposed to do. At you know, like, it's you have to learn. Like, it's learning yeah. at any fucking job. It's still a yeah. job. Like, they True. may be coaching, but it's still a job. You have to learn your job. Yeah, good. That's a great call out. I love it. That. What do we got? What do we got from the from the uh, open mic? Well, the open mic got a what's up, Greg, from Killer Cook. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yep. Big Dan, Big Dan says, I, I, I love how much this coaching staff has been improved. MCDC's decision to make, uh, his decision making has been better uh, ever since the Aubrey Pleasant firing. Um, was it AP's fault? I don't know. The team seemed to really turn around after that. That might actually be a, a good point. Um, Resign Jamal Williams. Oof. Get some Jamal Williams yeah. right there. I know uh, you're a totally yeah. Tony Pollard guy. Okay. No, I, I look. I, I'm going to rescind that statement. Look, I, I love Tony, my favorite back to watch in the NFL. That being said, th this kid's going to need the, the Brings truck backed up, and, and I'd really like to see us fulfill other positions of need. I'd love for him to be a lion. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just don't think it's feasible at this point. So I'll, I'll, I'll back off that Tony Pollard statement. All right. <laughs> Greg Rice coming back off of the Tony Pollard 20 uh, for 2023. And yeah. uh, I got one more right here before we get into the next one. I love this comment. The Lions are definitely a dangerous team that nobody wants to play right now. And those are straight facts. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The Lions win four of five. Uh, they're looking good. They won the last two road games. So uh, lo looking good. We're looking ahead to Minnesota next week. But before we do that, I want to talk about, uh, is it possible for us to make the playoffs? The playoffs? 
Yeah. Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> it was interesting because when they showed the graphic, the Lions were in the graphic. Yeah. In the playoff hunt, which we're not the used playoffs. to the Lions in the graphic. So that was <laughs> yeah. really cool. Um, Wait a minute. It goes hand in hand with what are these last five games going to hold? Um, if they win out like Russ Wayne has predicted, 10, 10 and 7 should make the playoffs in the NFC. Do we all agree that 10 and 7 should make the playoffs? Melvin? I mean, I, I think there's a very good chance at 10. Like, you're, yeah. you're possibly, you're, you're, our chances go way up at 10. Greg, yeah. what do you think? You know? 10 and 7 makes the playoffs? Absolutely. In, in this yeah. conference, absolutely. Unanimous. Okay. It's unanimous. Okay. Okay, so if we went out and and we make the playoffs, we already hold the tiebreaker against the Giants. We hold the tiebreaker against the Commanders. We we are down the tiebreaker against the Seahawks, unfortunately. Um, does it also come down to division record? Right, is one of the tiebreakers as well. Um, so we've got to hold serve in our division. That's going to go a long way to helping us make the playoffs. What are your guys' sure. thoughts on the Lions making the playoffs? Russ, we'll start with you. And don't start sentence with Jared Goff has to play well. <laughs> no, I mean I I have a prediction out there that you know that we were going to finish six and zero. I'm sticking with that. I think our team is getting right at the right time. Our young talent is developing right at the right time, and we have a couple of players that there's not a lot of tape on. There's nothing that they're going to be able to look in the game tape against James Houston because he's played like five snaps and gotten three sacks. So, <laughs> like, figure that out. And then when it comes to the offense, our, all of our offensive line is is coming in. They're big, nasty. They're pissed off. They're they're ready to run some people over. And I don't think anyone's going to stand in our way. 10-7 gets us into the playoffs probably not going to win the division because I don't see Minnesota losing all of their games, but they're definitely going to lose the next one. <laughs> Greg Rice, the Lions going to make the playoffs? You know, um, we're at five and seven. Um, ripping off five games in a row in the NFL is very tough. And it's not an SOL attitude or anything like that. It's just the nature of, of, of the NFL, you know? Um, it would be six. I, oh, it'd be six? Oh, yeah, because we just won one. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I I find it as a slim chance, but I really do think that that five and one, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, four and one and three and two is, is very much within our range. I love where we're going. I love the trajectory. I just look at it as, look, we still got a young coaching staff and, and they're still <laughs> learning on the job. And, you know, uh, as bad as the Packers have played, you got you guys all know our history at Lambeau. You know, Mr. Rogers isn't very kind to us when, when it comes to going to Lambeau. You know, uh, a lot easier to get done in Lambeau when Brett Hundley's under center. And I hate saying that because he's a former Bruin, but it's just the reality. So, you know, I and I don't try to look at it as like, look, oh, we missed the play. I look at it as like, look, we are a team who's who's going to probably at least minimal double up our win total and our trajectory. All, all of our draft class is, is emerging into a force. And I love it. So, right. Melvin G, what do you think? What are the Lions' chances to make the playoffs? You know, uh, I've, I've been saying for for a little bit now that like I don't see us losing, you know, more than one game. Um, so that would get us at nine wins. But I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to sit here and just home around and be like, oh man, yeah, I think we're going to make the playoffs. You know, just go out there and win your fucking games, man. If you win out, That's right. just win out, let everything settle itself, and we'll see where the fuck we're at. That's All right. right. Yeah. Like that. So, with that being said, the, 
the Rams placed Matt Stafford on injured reserve right there next to his buddy Cooper Cup. And that Rams, the Rams right now at the number three overall pick if the season were to end today, which of course would go to the Lions. It is in the realm of possibility to piggyback on what we're talking about here, guys. Just let's just savor this for a minute. If the Lions went out, get make it to 10 and 7, and they go to the playoffs, and the Rams continue to lose, we could have a top three pick and make the playoffs. How tantalizing is that, Greg? What do you think? I mean, that, that that's the perfect dream scenario. You know, um, when we traded Stafford, I was happy. I was not a Stafford fan since Patricia's debut. And then he really stuck it to me, man. And I ate Big Crow. Man's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Hats off to him. He did something that I never thought was possible, you know. And, and I just look at the flip side of this. Like, we're getting back closer to what I wanted to get, you know. Um, if you're talking a, a number three overall pick, we're in that Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or if Holmes likes one of these quarterbacks, that that's all within the realms of reality, you know. And the fact that we could build so much upon this season and essentially still have a potential top three pick who I look at the Rams and the only team I can really see them beating is Denver. And it's just because Denver, I I, I don't even know where to get started with that other than Russell Wilson is um, a strange guy. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, what more could you ask for? No, that's a great call out. Denver with a great defense can probably keep L.A. in check, but Denver can't score either. So True. any game that they're in, you just never know who's going to come out on top of that one. But uh, definitely the Rams are heading for the toilet. They're heading for the basement, and they we are going to get Garner at least a top five pick out of this. And uh, we do have a few minutes to kill before our special guest comes on the show. Do we have any more comments from the gallery, Russ? You know, we have a ton of really, really good comments right here. I, I Actually, right here, I got to put a shout out to you guys that are watching right now. I love these comments. I usually got to filter through a couple bad ones, but these are all really good. We will beat <laughs> the Vikings 27 to 13. I like it that you're coming right out there. Yes. And uh, Killer Cook says 20. Pollard for 2023, just like <laughs> the West Coast stat master was saying. So uh, we got another comment that says the Lions will win out. I love it. I love wait, it, guys. Wait, that was Russ that typed that comment in. Wait, yeah, it might have it been me. That's what I'm saying. Hey, Melvin, you don't Russell have to here. ever worry about being the homer right here. It's got you covered. I am the number one homer on this show. Let's go. We have... The Detroit Lions could realistically finish nine and eight. Uh, who would have thought that the Rams draft get, pick would have been better than our first two round draft no picks? Uh, diehard yeah. fan, yeah, just echoed what you were talking about right there. Yes, ten and seven, and you are in. Oh, he, here's a Facebook user that says that nine and eight gets us in. Dude, think, I don't man, know. I this don't the know. NFC man jam. looks kind of weak. <laughs> it's a log jam. Now that Jimmy G's gone out, like Greg talked about, that that has a bearing on that, but. I mean, 10 and 7, I feel like, is a lot to get in. 9 and 8, now you're looking at tiebreakers, and, you know, it's not a great thing. But absolutely, it's a great point. If they do go 4-1 and one and finish the season 9 and 8, there's a chance. Okay, yeah. here's what, here's one of those. Uh, um, oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Greg. I'm sorry. Chime no, in on that. I, I mean, look, the way I look at it realistically, you guys, is, is damn. If we finish 9 and 8, um, you know, you minus that, that tie, we, we essentially tripled our win total, like, like that is something still to be happy with you guys. If if we miss out on the playoffs, because at nine and eight we will be you know begging or thirsty for other teams to lose or or, or just a, a bunch of variations right. variables. Um, 
nine nine and eight is nothing to like scoff at you know that 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 is something to be very proud of you know so that's just my spin on it well heck yeah man i mean after going and winning three games i mean really we're playing with house money right now just like we thought we would say so yes sir i don't know that might an- be a symptom of ptsol though because if you're happy that your team had a good season but didn't make the playoffs I mean, that's, oh no, that's, no, no! I want to make the playoffs. We're gonna hang a banner. Oh, I do. No, I'm saying all. No, I'm saying all. all no, I'm, don't no. do that. All don't I'm saying that. is that nine wins is better than three, bro. But uh, yeah. you know that here's an Five SOL wins. moment right here. Here's some PTO SOL right here. You know Hawkinson's gonna have a phenomenal game. It'll speak volumes when the team really uh, uh, rates that you can pull it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I there think you that's go. That's PTSOL. Comment. I think that's a great comment, uh, and that's a great point that we hadn't touched on already. This will be Hawkinson's revenge game coming back, right, to us. And yep. he is going to probably want to have a big game. I think that's great. And this game is a real litmus test to see where the Lions are at, winning four out of five. Are we legit? If the Vikings come into our building at 10-2 and two and we walk out of there beating them, yep. then uh, I think that's a great call out by that Facebook user. The, the Lions are for real if they, they win this next game for sure. Yes, I sir. love the call out, but uh, I still don't like the comment. Anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, I, I love the comment. Um, well, I'll just be point blank. Go, uh, Hawkinson could go off on us as long as we pull the dub. Good good for him, man. Um, look, Hawkinson's a hell of a talent, man. Uh, but as we talked about when this trade first went down, Ben Johnson just isn't big on, on tight end usage here. I mean, unless we were down to the nitty-gritty, you guys, with Tom Kennedy and Khalif Raymond starting, um, Hawkinson then would pull maybe a, a dozen up to 15 targets. Other than that, though, when we got at least two out of three of our horses in the mix, our tight ends are maybe seeing 10 targets at most in one game. So, and, yeah. yeah, They, they yeah. scored three t- They scored three touchdowns right after the trade, each to a different tight end. Yeah. And, yes. And Brock Wright has been doing a phenomenal job of blocking. Uh, yeah. When you go back and look, you're like, "What was that? Oh my gosh! Did you see Brock yeah. Wright just take that guy right out?" Um, yeah. And if you've seen in the passing game, blocking blocking once after the catch as well, and these are things that you don't see in the box score. So uh, yeah, but that's a great call out though. Hawk is gonna. That's something I hadn't even thought of, uh, because uh, so many of these revenge games last week, right? AJ Brown comes back, torches his old team. Yes, sir. DJ Chark who we should have called out as a breaker in our game. Ooh, DJ Chark, who Dan point. Campbell gave the game ball. Good game. His old team. Um, Deshaun Watson, I'm just going to say, gets a victory <laughs> against his old team. Uh, <laughs> so my faker also should have been the Houston fans because that stadium was only half full. Shame on you for Ooh. not showing up to that game, making life hard on them, and maybe they wouldn't have scored three non-offensive touchdowns. <laughs> so... Revenge factor uh, is in effect. And uh, for TJ Hawkinson, I think that's a great call out. Thanks a I lot love to, it. to the user. And anybody else out there want to step up to the mic? It's open mic Monday. Let's see it. Right. We got a, a step in the right direction comment. I agree. I, I agree with that. And then healthy, healthy, healthy is a must. I mean, that, uh, what that a is a great call out. I mean, that, what a great call. Greg, what did we just we go healthy? through? We're healthy now, right? Healthier than we've been. Yeah, man, look, uh, so JMO, according to Next Gen Stats, man, got eight snaps. And look, man, I know it wasn't necessarily the, the sparkling debut, like a Randy Moss-type debut. I, I get that. There was no need for it, you guys. We were dominating from the get-go of the game. Let this guy come in, run a couple routes, run a couple goes, and, and it's good. You know, I think if the game hadn't been closer, 
we might have seen seen him more, but just just get his feet wet, you know, get him on the field. I, I, I'm happy with it. I think he did great. Uh, Romeo Cora, I was kind of saddened he didn't get to make the game, but he should be out here versus the Vikings. Yep, but we are. We're looking pretty healthy. Uh, yes, sir. Than we, I can't believe we're this far into the broadcast before we mention Jamison Williams' name in his <laughs> yeah. debut. Russ, I know you're itching to talk about JMO. What do you got? Well, actually, I had a comment on the Moneyball version of TJ Hawkinson from the way that we replaced him. I love the Moneyball example for that because we have three different tight ends that kind of encompass what Hawkinson brought to the table and Ben Johnson yes, doesn't use him as much. And I love the Moneyball example of that. But uh, no, we have uh, Rob is in the back right now. Are we ready to bring this in? Are we play Run that it. drop? It's you want me to now, play? It's time now for the chorus little section we like to call. No, no, enemy. And this week, we welcome Rob Haspels. He's one of the leaders of the Skull Army. He's willing to put it all on the line. He came behind enemy lines to give us this exclusive interview and give us some of the inside scoop on what we can expect to see this weekend at Ford Field with the Minnesota Vikings versus the Detroit Lions in this epic division battle. No, no, thy it oh, is man. our Know Thy Enemy segment brought to you by MattPatriciaStupidFace.com. <laughs> Head on over to MattPatriciaStupidFace.com and enter into a drawing to win an NFL jersey from NFL Shop from the main event 365. We'd like to welcome now a member of the enemy camp, the member of the Vikings World Order. He is nobility in the VWO, Mr. Rob Haspels. How are you, Rob? I'm doing good, sir. How are you guys doing tonight? We're so we're so good, man. We're coming off a big win, and we are so thankful and so happy that you are here with us. So tell us a little bit about the VWO. It sounds like a a low-budget wrestling circuit. What is the VWO? <laughs> VWO, is a, it's a fan club that started around 1997. It's it's the Viking World Order. And what we do is uh, we're a group of, uh, we probably got about 500 uh, members now, but it's a club that you prospect to get into. Uh, you do need to get a tattoo to become a member of the club. But uh, what we do is we host tailgates. We host meet-and-greet parties, you know, like the Friday night or the Saturday night before other fans come to town. We try to network with other uh, fans that are traveling, do cool events. And we also do a lot of uh, like charity raffles, charity auctions and stuff like that. And we support the children's hospital in Minneapolis. We're the main supporter of toy drives and then money to, you know, buy things for the kids in that hospital. So that's kind of what we do that. And then, you know, fill up section 140 and be really loud at our games as we can. So. <laughs> wow. As Lions fans, all we do is drink beer and give up in the third quarter. That no. is amazing. You guys, you guys are some of the best traveling fans. And uh, there's one game I always try to get to every year is when the Lions fans come to town. This year, we actually had the Tub Gators bring that damn tub to our tailgate lot. And, and we had a party that made Bleacher Report was there, you know, putting videos of that shit up there and everything. And just a, an absolute outstanding time. You guys are, are some of the best fans. And it, it is, for me, it's the funnest weekend of the year when Detroit comes to town. We, we have the best time. 
Right. That's awesome. Well, man, thanks again for being here. Welcome to sure. the main stage on Monday night. We're going to send this around to our panel of headliners now. We're going to grill you with a few questions about your beloved Vikings. Is that okay? Sure. All right. We're going to start it off on the West Coast, representing the Honolulu Blue and Silver, Mr. At Greg Rice 20. Greg, what do you got for our guests? What's up, Rob? Thank you so much for coming in, man. I really do appreciate your time, man. So look, um, you, you kind of saw it in, on our itinerary, man. I just want to talk about uh, Patrick Peterson and his revival. You know, um, look, I, I've been anti-Patrick Peterson for a long time. I think this dude has lived off his name and, and, and just his athletic ability for a long time. He seems to really have revived his career this year, though. And so um, I guess my question would be with, with Booth's struggles and I'm not, I haven't heard Dantzler's name in a few weeks, so I'm not sure on him. But just uh, with the tragedy, what happened with Seen, uh, how much is his veteran leadership and, and his playmaking ability, how, how, how has that helped you? Or is it more hype than what he's actually helped or something like that? All right. So it, the situation is actually worse than you think. In fact, uh, up until about three hours ago, the, the line was uh, Vikings by one and a half. That's actually flipped now because uh, – our other rookie, uh, Caleb Evans, is now out in pro uh, concussion protocol. We're down to the guy that was elevated off the practice squad a couple weeks ago, Duke Shelley. Wow. Um, when it comes to things like this, and Duke Shelley's not a rookie either. He, he played for the Bears. He's got a couple seasons in. Uh, we elevated him before the Bills game to the practice squad. But when you have Dantzler still on IR, uh, and Caleb Evans, a rookie, and now you got Duke Shelley, you know, really his third meaningful game, uh, coming back out to actually uh, play a large role again. Patrick Peterson's role has been huge just as a mentor, as that veteran presence, and if nothing else, in prepping the kids. And, you know, in terms of his renaissance, you know, three interceptions this year, um, several pass breakups, uh, having the best year that he's had in quite a while. It, it's by design. You know, I mean, the, the, he's not as fast as he used to be and everything, but they're playing him pretty much exclusively on the left side. He's not following anybody, and they have the zones worked out. The the way, And I'm not a fan of this defense. We can, we can talk about that later. What I am a fan of is them making the plays when they need to on the last minute uh, to, to make things happen. But what they have him doing is set up what he does best playing the left side he's got safety help usually over the top and they're putting him in a position to succeed so when you look at his numbers yeah it looks good unfortunately the overall uh output of the of the bend don't break defense from ed donatella is uh, there's a lot of yardage that's been hemorrhaging that's being hemorrhaged yeah. in this bend don't break which i mean you guys are all aware of yeah. You know, we're the, we're the 31st ranked defense in yardage. Y'all are the 32nd. There's a reason why there's a reason why they're picking a 52 point, you know, over under for this game because they're thinking both teams will possibly score in the 30s. And I think it'll happen too. But uh, P squared, the biggest thing he's doing is bringing that veteran presence. The uh, He's coaching on the field as, as kind of a player coach. And really with what he has to work with, which is a bunch of young guys getting them prepped and ready to, to go for a game. Man, good stuff. Tell, Thanks, Rob. So, so, so tell me, Rob, do you think that bend but don't break is a result of the thin roster and the injuries, or is this a coaching philosophy? Oh, it's absolutely. It, well, I mean, you, the injuries are always going to be a factor. This is absolutely what Ed Donatel likes to do, and it drives okay. me nuts. Okay. I mean, he sits there in press conferences and kind of laughs, and he's almost proud of the fact that they give up 500,000 yards a game, but then <laughs> the playmakers will come in and make a play at the last minute, you know, do enough to win. I hate it. 
You know, I mean, you sit here, you got Zadarius Smith, you got Daniel Hunter, he's got them back in coverage. You know, it's like it's a sin to bring a blitz, and when he does, he brings Jordan Hicks, the the other linebacker that, that plays next to uh, uh, Eric Kendricks and everything. For a blitz, it's like, come on, man. You know, at least attempt to put some pressure on people. Our third quarters all year long have been absolutely disgustingly embarrassing. It, it's been atrocious. You know, and, and it's been that way on almost every single game. Even if we do get a lead, we'll surrender it in the third quarter because of his coaching philosophy. And then we'll come roaring back in the in the fourth quarter and do what it takes to, you know, to take a game that should not have been close but ended up being close to salvaging victory from the jaws of defeat in very dramatic fashion when none of it would really be necessary if the guy would just play like he means it. But, you know, again... He could give two craps about yardage in between the 20s. He isn't really serious about uh, bringing any kind of pressure or doing much anything. Then you're down in that red zone. Right. And okay. it's been that way. Uh, the, the one thing Ed Donatel has going for him, let, let, and let me actually answer this without being so long-winded. The one thing this guy's got going for him. That's right too now, late for that. Look, yeah. <laughs> low, lowest, uh, in terms of penalties, we're fifth lowest in the NFL. Uh uh, it, this doesn't really have anything to do with that down until, but we're, we're turning over the ball, the fifth lowest, and we're forcing the most, the fourth most amount of turnovers as of the end of oh. yesterday in the NFL. We're 31st and was 32nd up until this last game in terms of surrounding yardage. So that's the bend don't break in a, in a nutshell for you. Right on. Detroit Jesus, what do you got for this Viking super fan? I got a couple questions here. So yep. my first question is going to be, Okay, so I mean, bottom line, let's let's be honest. Your, your defense is 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 really bad. Um, <laughs> our, I, like I'm not I'm not like it's gonna, it sounds fucked up, but I'm not trying to cap right now. But like, okay, so your defense is really bad. Over the last you know four or five weeks, our defense has actually improved. Now, with your defense being so bad and seeing what this offense is capable of doing to bad defenses. And also seeing that now this defense can get stops when it needs to. How do you think that bodes for your Vikings? And does that scare you some? My second question is also, I need you to think really hard on this one. Because, you know, this is this might get a little complicated. But how are you going to feel when we beat the dog shit out of you someday? <laughs> Good questions. Good questions. Um, so, first of all, am I concerned about... Uh, not just your defense, I'm also concerned with your offense because uh, traditionally you guys play us very hard when we come to your house. I mean, you guys play us very hard when you come to U.S. Bank Stadium, too, for that matter. Um, how, are, how are we going to react? What are we going to do? Um, I think that you guys will end up getting some stops on us. I think uh, our defense will surrender uh, yardage to you guys. What I think is going to end up having to happen is uh, points are going to be scored. I, yeah. I can see, I can uh, I I don't I'll wait till later but on predictions and everything um, I I think it's going to end up being more of a shootout route unless here's the thing uh, I was watching right before I came in here you guys were alluding to like the the Hawkinson revenge game you know who are we trying to feature you know they're going to try and put Justin Jefferson out there and everything that stuff is great and that's if the Vikings coaches are smart. They're going to hope that's what you're going for, and they're going to sit there and they're going to run the ball. They're, they're going to put together really, really long drives because I think they can. I think we can run against you. I think we can use the screen game. I think we can use the short uh, crossing routes. 
Um, I think we can take time off the clock. The, the best thing the Vikings could do if they're able to is eight, 10 minute drives and keep your offense off the field. Yeah. Good call. Definitely some great takes right there. Rob, you're definitely knowledgeable. Um, we invite all anybody out there in lion land. If you want to give a comment or a question for our Viking expert, feel free to do so. But before we do that, we're going to get another question in here. And this one's from me, Rob. I want to know under the Mike Zimmer Vikings, the knock on this team was they, they continually lost close games, right? They lost seven or eight games last year by less than four points. This year, that stat is turned upside down. They are winning the close games. Uh, several games this year by three points, four points. What's the difference? Is it Kevin O'Connell? Hey, give me a thumbs up if y'all can hear me because I have no sound. All right, I'm I'm gonna leave and come back. Yeah, um, to, to to your point, I think at this point it almost has to be Kevin O'Connell because if you look at it, the roster hasn't changed a ton, and when I say a ton. Zadarius Smith as a free agent was a huge boost. But then again, like I stated earlier, he's got like, what, eight and a half, nine sacks. They're not using him the way they, the way they should be. Um, there's there's not a huge difference. I mean, they didn't, it, you know, Hawkinson being the other big addition. You know, uh, in fact, you're, you're correct. Uh, of the 10 wins that we have, nine of them was by one score or less. And yes, you're right. Several of them are by three points. Um, I don't have that exact number, but I want to say it's five, maybe six. Um, the rest of them are by by a touch. Um, I think it's the attitude and, and the willingness to put the playmakers in position to succeed and trust them. And a lot of that goes towards Kevin O'Connell being willing to trust Kirk Cousins. Kirk's been a little higher on the turnovers this year because he's been taking more chances. But you see the way that he just trusts anywhere. It don't matter if Justin Jefferson's in double coverage. Kirk's just like fuck it and winging the ball to him and JJ is making plays. I mean, shit, this last game, he, he had a 38 yard pass to Jalen Rager of all people right in the middle of the field with two guys around him. Uh, Mike Zimmer would have never let Kirk cousins be in the uh, position to, to make those kind of throws. Now it is still coming down to close games. And a lot of it is, uh, you know, we are depleted in the secondary. We're having a very hard time stopping people. On, on doing much of anything uh, when the time comes. And uh, this team, in terms of allowing points to be scored, and then DVOA in the red zone is a lot better than overall, which is overall is 31st. We all know that. We said that already. Um, it, it, it's definitely a bend, don't break. And I think part of it's because of Ed. Part of it's because uh, we are an injured team. We're depleted. Um, but in terms of why are we all of a sudden winning all these games this year where we lost eight or nine of them last year, is it the coach? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna come out and say it, it is the way Kevin O'Connell interacts with the team, the way he responds, and has the players responding to adversity is a complete hundred percent reversal of the Mike Zimmer attitude in Mike Zimmer era. Just to just to leave with one quick note, Justin Jefferson went to visit the coach in the coach's office for the first time last week. He didn't know where it was at. Never been there. Wow. Good. Good. Interesting. Mike Zimmer never called the player into his office is what you're saying there. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Greg Rice, you got anything else for our Viking super fan? Um, no, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good right now. We, All right. Well, up. I'm going to ask him one then. Russ, you All got right. one or what's something from the gallery? Well, yeah. Well, actually, I just wanted to make a comment uh, about the Vikings fans. So I got a chance to take my son 
to Minnesota for that first game. And I'm telling you guys, uh, and this is me, I'm talking to you, Detroit Lion fan. I know that we haven't done a lot of winning before, but we got to fan up because that atmosphere in that stadium was amazing. It felt like I was going to get attacked by a bunch of medieval guys. So <laughs> Lions fans, we need to make an atmosphere where it feels like they're in a lion's den because honestly, Vikings come into the lion's den. They're just going to get eaten. <laughs> I tell you, I tell right. you what, and you guys have right. the fans to do it too. You guys have the fans to do it. You guys are, are great fans. And I, I, I'll put, I'll put a pine out here. And this is what I tell Packer fans all the time. Um, any dipshit can root for a team that's won multiple championships in the past because it's easy. Anytime things aren't going your way, look at what they do last year. Well, we still have rings. We have championships. Yeah, that's real hard to root for. You know, the real fans, the diehards are the ones like you, the ones like us. We've never won it. But yet we're still loyal. We still go to the games. We still do the tailgates. We still buy the merchandise. We still interact with the other fans. You know, we, we still support our teams. We're still here every week, week in and week out, whether we're taking L's or W's. Podcasting about our teams. Why? Because we love the sport of football. We love our fucking team. You know, they, they might piss us off sometimes, but we love our teams, you know. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. I honestly – I, I'm I'm looking forward to this because divisional games, all bets are off, the gloves are off. You never know what's going to happen. That's I mean, right. We just got done, and this is the craziest stat. We just got done playing a four-game stretch where it happened to be the four toughest freaking defenses in the NFL by DVOA right now. No shit. How does that happen? I have no idea. I, I think the schedule gods lucked into that. That was a brutal stretch. We came out of it three and one, which was actually better than what I thought. You know, and now we're going into an atmosphere where it feels like this is going to be a shootout. Um, I have been an advocate for, for Lions. I've been a fan of the way you guys have been drafted. And you can ask Melvin. I've talked about this. You can ask Greg. I've talked about this. Been expecting to see good te- things out of you guys. I've been expecting the Packers to decline. The Bears to rebuild. I've been expecting you guys to be the ones to come and battle it out, you know, for first place to try to make that playoff push. I'm not trying to piss you guys off. I just don't think you're there yet. I think we take it 36 to 33 in a barn burner. I think it's going to be exciting. I think you guys will have a lead going into the fourth quarter. I think there's going to be drama. I think the refs will blow about four calls, not just pulling that out of the air, but that's what they normally do. I, I think it's going to be exciting. But when it comes down to the wire, we have experience. Ten wins of experience doing this. Nine wins, actually, out of the ten doing this close game stuff. You guys just got done skunking a bad team. Now you got a 10-2 and two coming to town that's got experience in these close games. It's going to be good, you guys. You might win. I'm not going to say. I'm not guaranteeing shit. I think we're going to pull this one out 36-33, but it, it should be America's Game of the Week because we're going to put on a show of a lot of scoring, a lot of hard hitting, and some good old NFC North black and blue Norris division shit that, that people can be proud of here, boys. I'm telling you what, I'm really looking forward to this. And if I had the money and the time, I'd be on my ass on a plane up to Detroit, have one of y'all pick me up because I'd, I'd really like to be up there sometime. Doesn't matter. God, if you have I love this guy. Toes. <laughs> hey, love just, this guy. just to let you, you know, Mike. You are Mike. so right, Russ. We need to fan up. But we do. I'm not getting a tattoo. We want to have nice things, Rob. We've never had nice things. We want to have and, nice and, things. <laughs> and just so you know, Mike, when we make our predictions, keep his ass here. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. It's normally, personal. Normally, when we make predictions, we don't we don't let the uh, the guests stay to hear us hover it up. But 
The X Factor has spoken. Detroit Jesus says we got to keep you on, Rob, for our prediction segment. But I got one more quick question before we get into that. Sure. Um, we do have questions from the gallery too when you're done. Okay, let me let me kick this one around the panel. Um, yeah, the Vikings are probably going to win the division. Okay, they're going to be in the playoffs. We know that. But are they a legit contender? Do they have the horses to run with the cream of the crop in the NFC? Bill, what do you think, Rob? Um, in terms of actually winning playoff games and advancing in the playoffs, with the defense playing that it is right now, sadly, no. And I'll be the first person to wow. say that. Um, I would like to say that we draw, you know, somebody like Seattle in our house that I think we would have a chance against, even though Gino, I'm, and I'm not shit talking the way Geno Smith has played this year or the way that that team has risen up. But, you know, if we have to run into a Philadelphia or, or a, a Dallas or, or a San Francisco or whatever, uh, the way our defense is playing, no. I mean, we've already seen what this looks like. Um, I, I think we're good enough to win the division, maybe a playoff game, but to go to the NFC Championship or try, try to be a contender for the Super Bowl, like it says on here, this ain't it. And unfortunately, I think we'll take a step back due to some, some uh, money reasons next year unless they do a really good job in restructuring several people. That's another discussion for another time. But honest answer, um, Cinderella stories happen, but we don't have the defense right now to, to, wow. to really contend for a Super Bowl playoff. I, I yeah. appreciate oh, your no. honesty. You are the you are the sanest base player I've ever met. Um, <laughs> thank you for that honesty, Russ. What do we got from the gallery? So from the gallery, we're gonna throw that one all the way around. So Robbie, does, oh. we have a question. I, I do you want me to throw? Uh, nah, what, go what? ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, Bring questions on. That's cool. I like questions. Okay, so Rob, what is your impression of TJ Hawkinson and how much of an impact has he had on your offense? And do you see the Vikings re-signing him to a long-term extension? Okay, we'll go in reverse order. I see the Vikings making TJ Hawkinson, barring major money issues, their tight end for this next decade. Um, Irv Smith, as much as I liked him, cannot stay healthy. You got it. Well, Melvin knows this full well, and he's probably going to sit here and laugh. I, I'm an Iowa Hawkeye, okay, in case you guys didn't know. And I've been the biggest homer about always trying to get Iowa players at TJ Hawkinson. When you guys – I knew there was no chance in hell we could we were going to move up to get him. When you guys did, I was like, son of a bitch. You know, I, I mean, one of my favorite players at the University of Iowa, when, when Hawkinson and Fant were the tight end set on that team and everything, man, I loved it. So I was naturally ecstatic. Now, Hawkinson has actually been asked to do a lot more than just, you know, catch. He, he's been really instrumental in blocking, throwing blocks downfield for us. But I will say this, if you've actually watched all the games since he's been a member of the team, the important thing of it is, is not the, the total number of catches, yards, and touchdowns. It's where he's made them. He has been instrumental in at least three of the four uh uh, wins that we've gotten since we've had him in terms of getting crucial first downs, getting a touchdown in, in that game where we needed to uh, uh, the other week and stuff. Uh, it's where he's made the plays is what's been so crucial. And I can't say that if we had Irv Smith Jr. or we were relying on the other tight end on the team right now, Johnny Munt, or if we had anybody else, even Tyler Conklin back from last year, that they're making those plays. 
And that's why I think Hawk has been an instrumental part of success. If you look at outright numbers and stats, it's not going to show it. But you look at how he plays, the key, the the way he's been a team player and done and played his role, what's asked of him, I think he's been pretty instrumental in the offense being able to move the ball when they've been SOL, you know, trailing in the fourth quarter and they needed a crucial conversion or they needed to get, to get down to that red zone to get points on the board. All right. So, uh, Killa Cook is coming in right now, and Killa, this is such a great comment. He wants to know if you're gonna, if you would trade a uh, a frozen hot packet and uh, a ten millimeter socket for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I don't think there's or any a hot pocket. There's no hot packet. <laughs> there's no feasible trade scenario in the NFL right now. Not even a Stephon Diggs type of scenario that you're going to get Justin Jefferson out, out in Minnesota. And I mean, I appreciate the offer of the Hot Pockets because they're good. I might have one afterwards. Uh, 10 millimeters, valuable too, because that's always the damn thing you're looking for uh, when you can't find it. And it's usually right where you where you set it down and you look for it last. But I appreciate the generous offer, but that's not going to get Justin Jefferson. Fuck okay, I, have to, I have to call myself out right there because when I was looking at it, I thought it was like a Taco Bell hot packet or something like that. But <laughs> kudos to my reading when I can call a pocket a I thought packet. you were from Wisconsin or something. Uh, <laughs> do you have one of the hat packets over there? Hey, get, get them. Hat packet. Can I get one of the hat packets over there? Hey, guys. Hot pockets, don't so, you know? So, Jesus. Hat so, Detroit Jesus, you have officially became uh, Killer Cook's favorite member because of that take that you had earlier. So <laughs> that's right. Oh gosh! So that's the end of a. Uh, uh, oh, and also Killer Cook says thanks, Greg, for inviting him onto the show in the first place. Absolutely, man. Keep tuning All in. Right. All right, it's our last topic before we go to predictions, and that is most intriguing matchups. Uh, Bill, what do you see? Or Rob, what do you? see as the most intriguing matchup between the Vikings and Lions. You're talking about like individual player matchups or like since you were talking about your secondary being so thin to me, the most intriguing matchup would be our wide receivers against your DBs. We have, we have a, like Derisaw absolutely handled Aiden Hutchinson in the first game. So uh, your offensive line and our defensive line is, is an intriguing matchup. If we can bring pressure on Cousins, that could really change the outcome of the game for us. So what do you see as the most intriguing matchup? Well, and the, unfortunately, I think Derisaw is going to be unavailable again, and you're going to have Blake Brandle um, in, in there. Uh, so Aiden Hutchinson uh, rushing on the blind side is going to be intriguing. I mean, I don't know about intriguing. I think it's pretty much a given that you guys are probably going to have three to four, 380, 400 yards of passing on us. Um, the the thing the thing that's intriguing to me, um, and it's not going to be the popular things. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to see Hawk, how Hawkinson's going to do. Everybody wants to see how Justin Jefferson's going to do. Anybody, I you know, I think those are givens. The intriguing matchups is how we're going to move the ball on the ground to get long sustained drives. I think the intriguing matchup. Is once we once we are able to, uh, uh, to get past your defensive front because our run blocking doesn't suck as bad as our pass blocking does. I want to see how your linebacking core and then people coming up from the secondary do against the likes of the the trio of Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, C.J. Ham, and not just handoffs. I'm talking about the screen pass game. I'm yeah. talking about the the whole nine yards. Um, that would probably include. 
you know, some laterals to Justin Jefferson, uh, look for a couple jet sweeps in there uh, with uh, possibly Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson. That's the intriguing matchup to me is our O-line versus your pressure. Um, That's a good call out. I like that, that. That's what I'm looking to see because I don't think – we're gonna if we have a quick hit, quick score type of game where it's it's all downfield, you know, big chunk yard plays and everything, and then we're relying on our defense to get three and outs. That's not gonna happen. We have to try to keep your offense off the field and wear your defense out if they have any kind of intelligence whatsoever approaching this game plan. Now that right. might, that option might get taken away from us too. That's why, like I said, these divisional matchups are such a bitch because you just never know what's going to happen. If I if it was me, I was Kevin O'Connell. That's exactly what I'd try to be doing. So any whatever you're trying to throw at our O line, and then how do we wear your defense down and keep your offense off the field? Right on, Melvin. Most intriguing matchup in this game. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Okuda and Jeff Jefferson round two. Wow. Good call Let's out. See him beat his ass again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson held to just what four catches, twenty-four yards or something like that in the first meeting. Uh, you know, and a lot hey, of look at the comment. Look at the comment. Feel like yep. Dan Campbell gave that game to Minnesota. Um, what do we got for a comment? Okuda versus Jefferson from the yes, sir. Music. Nice, Greg Rice. What's the most intriguing matchup for you? You know, uh, I went Hutchinson versus Darisaw the first time. I'm uh, sad to hear Darisaw's out. I'm not going to do the Hutch thing again. You know, I, I thought about flipping it on the other end with uh, Panay Sewell versus Daniel Hunter or, or Z, but I'm actually going to take it in something that we really struggled with this last game. I want to see Jerry Jacobs on uh, Thielen or KJ Osborne. Uh, last time we were out there, man, we had Amani Awardy out there, and it was just a fucking disaster. Pardon my language. It was a disaster. Um, I have never seen such sloppy corner play in my life. I, I, I think what seven, eight penalties on Amani Warrior. Oh, was so bad, so bad. Thirty-two-year-old Adam Thielen. He yeah. made a Warrior look terrible. Just dusted him. And um, <clears throat> we have a young emerging second-year UDFA Jerry Jacobs who just seems to keep getting better. And um, I want to see how he handles a savvy veteran like Adam Thielen. And I think this will go a long way into determining how important cornerback is in, in terms of draft interest interest or free agent interest next year. God, real real quick, day. are you guys going to play zone or are you going to try and have Okuda follow Jefferson? Because whether or not one of the two of those things happens is what makes that interesting or what kind of makes it, you know. Yeah, if he's bracketed or not, I get you, Rob. We've been switching off and on depending on down and distance all year is what Aaron Glenn's been doing. Right on. So. Um, you know, that remains to be seen on the answer to that. Russ, what else we got? Uh, looks like we got some pepperoni right in there. No, actually, I wanted to, <laughs> to I wanted to echo what Greg was talking about. The most intriguing matchup to me is exactly what you said. You picked Christian Derisaw versus Hutchinson in the first game, and that's the matchup I want to see in this game because he got his ass owned in the first Darisaw's game. Derisaw's injured. He's not going to Aristotle's not been cleared to return yet, so it's probably Blake Brandle that's been filling in, who isn't terrible, but he's not Darisol. I can tell you that. All right. Well, then that then it's that matchup. Who, who you got? Blo- <laughs> who you got blocking Hutchinson? How do you get the win if Darisol's not there? Wow, that was my kill. But uh, I want to go through some of these other comments right here. Uh, we have uh, Amon Ra versus anyone. Good Ooh. call out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who who you got? 
to 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 guard to guard him. I guess I guess I'll throw that back at you, Rob. I mean, who who are you going to guard Amon Ra with? Well, your starting corners in the game, respectively, side to side, is going to be Patrick Peterson left side. Um, you're going to have you're going. You're going to have Duke Shelley on the right side, and you're going to have Shannon Sullivan in nickel packages, which the Vikings do play at about 75%, 80% nickel, right? Oh, wow. So um, it's either going to be Duke Shelley or it's going to be Patrick Peterson, but it's going to be a zone coverage, so there's going to be safety help as well. So you're probably looking at a combination of either P-squared Duke Shelley with either Cam Bynum or Harrison Smith. Who's going to guard JMO? <laughs> Not probably the end of the end zone paint. I don't know. I don't know. Bring that Louis safety C. into the box, please. <laughs> what else we got, Russ? Okay, uh, Shine Sims. Uh, oh, I know that we're about to show the whole NFL who we are. I like that. Big Dan Davis says, I think that they can run out of, uh, they can win our last five. The question is, will we the next three games, the New York Jets, Carolina, and after that, uh, home against Green Bay, we just listing off the schedule right there. But yeah, our schedule is definitely winnable, Dan. I definitely have to agree with you 100% on that one right there. Let me go back into the live ones right here. They have talent, they have rhythm, they can win yeah. out. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, how do you bring uh, safety help with uh, Shark and JMO going deep? <laughs> I love it. We, uh, it's going to be a problem for every team moving forward. I think the Here's Vikings the are frauds. Viking, <laughs> the Vikings are frauds. Lions by ten. Uh, those <laughs> don't mind that. The, the fluky wins. Yeah, I can't. I, we, I we, we've, we've heard this every week for ten weeks now, and the wins keep coming. <laughs> I mean, it is. I what respect it is. that. That just sounds like a Dorn. Yeah, comment. yeah. Win is a win. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably thing. John Dorn who commented that. Yeah, that probably <laughs> is Dorn. He's still mad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still- one quick thing on that on that question: If JMO and Iman Ra are going deep, how how do you bring up safety coverage? It takes you. You have to do it relatively uh, quick within time frame. The way you defeat that from happening is Ed Donatello has to quit being stubborn. You have to get pressure and golf. If you're not doing it rushing three or four, you have to start blitz. Because yes. otherwise, JMO and Amon Ra will eat our lunch. Yeah, yeah. Period. Yeah. It just—that's it, facts. I mean, that's just football, guys. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's good football sense. Lions' yeah. offense is definitely rolling, uh, and definitely the Minnesota defense is suspect. So we, we could be looking at a lot of points scored, like you said, Rob. I think that's a good call out. Um, so I think are we are we ready now for the outro? Nope. We're ready. ready now to make our predictions. predictions. Game? We always right. let our guests go first. So, Rob, we want to hear who's going to win the game and give us a score, and then we're going to make you sit around and suffer as we pick against you. <laughs> it's perfect, and uh, believe it or not, I do not always pick my team to win. There's a couple ones that I thought was going to be losses. Originally, at the beginning of the year, I didn't think we'd be doing this good. I thought you guys would have started stronger, and I actually did have this pencil as a loss. However, all things being considered, with us having the experience in winning close games, and basically, to be honest, if you guys won this game, I, it wouldn't break my heart because I think it's a really good thing for you guys as fans. I think it's good. It's what the team needs for a motivator to continue to keep getting better is get a big win like this. I see it as uh, 
with all the things I've already talked about, I'm not going to sit here and re rehash it. I, I think we're going to pull this one out 36 to 33 on a mm. field goal, not necessarily last seconds. It, it could be that we just get ahead and then we have a defensive stop. I think we're going to put on a show that people haven't seen in a while in terms of high scoring around the league. Um, I do think we have the experience in winning close games. And again, we're not the Jags or some of these teams you've been playing. We yeah. we are a ten and two team, and uh, uh, I, I think we're going to play like it. And I think I think we'll come away with a very hard fought W. But in the same respect, it's not going to shock the shit out of me if you guys pull off the upset. Okay. All right. Uh, normally I would go to Greg, but I know Melvin's chomping at the bit, man. <laughs> so we're going to let Melvin get him. Chime in, Melvin. Who you got? Give me a score. Give him the solo screen. All right. So, so earlier when, when Rob gave his prediction, he had said, you know, uh, we don't have the experience of winning, you know, yet, and that's something that the Vikings do have. But huh. what we do have, what the Vikings don't have, is the experience of going to wire with one of the league's best teams and losing because of our shortcomings. Like, it, we lost that game. So – we're taking that into the game against you. And, and you know, like, honestly, I, I've been hearing Viking fans say that, oh, this isn't the same team, this isn't the same team. But in actuality, this has been the exact same team this whole season. You know, letting teams get in, slipping by, and, 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 and narrowly, you know, getting wins. This is the exact same team we saw when we first played them. The difference is this isn't the same team that – the Vikings saw when they played us and we're going to take the dub at home get our fucking revenge just like we did last year and we're going to win this game I'm going to say 34-27 but they are who we thought they were <laughs> ha there it is Detroit <laughs> Jesus picks the Lions 34-27 at Greg Rice 20 who do you got in this game and give me a score look so uh, I want to give a, a shout out to Rob thank you for coming on man You've absolutely nailed it. Been very informative, very awesome. intellectual in your takes, and I respect that and appreciate that. You brought up some good points, you know. Uh, you're learning how to win close games. Um, that being said, uh, we're not going to have a, a situation where Barrios drops a touchdown in the end zone and you guys slip away with a win like that. I think you're facing a desperate team that is hungry and eager to prove themselves. I think this is, like Melvin alluded to, a much different team than what you saw um, early in the season. Um, I think uh, we're going to come out with a statement win, and I'm going to go ahead and put it up at 34-24. to 24, The Lions win at, in a lot more dominating fashion than the score will predict. I think Jerry Jacobs alone on Adam Thielen will help get a little bit more containment on that, and we won't be giving up all this free yardage. Good call out. Okay. Greg Rice takes the Lions 34-24. Russ Wayne, you want to chime in here with a prediction, Swami? Oh, you know I do right here. I think this is the perfect time for the Lions to come out right here. And the reason being is because you don't have tape, Minnesota. We have some guys that are getting good right now. There's no tape on James Houston. What do you got, five plays on James Houston right now? You got a pissed-off Hutchinson who got owned in the first game. You have an offensive line that is 100% healthy in this game and a offense that is just starting to bud. And you even said it yourself, Rob, that you 
yeah, if we won this game, it ain't going to hurt you. You guys already got the division. There's not, yeah. there's nothing that you guys are really that worried about. We're hungry. We're ready to take this game. You guys aren't ready for the intensity that we're about to bring. I say we win it by more than double j- digits. I'll say uh, 35 to 13. Ooh. All right. Whoa. This segment that brought to you shit. by the Homer Depot. That was Homer as <laughs> shit. <laughs> I like so, it. So, <laughs> Russ Wayne I predicts that we will beat the division-leading Vikings, thirty-five to thirteen. I love it. I love Thank it, Russ. Russ. <laughs> I think the I think the game's a little low, lower scoring than you guys, uh, respectively. You all picked 69, 61, 58, and now uh, forty-eight from Russ. Uh, so, I I think the Lions do win this because it's a division game, and you already won your home game at the beginning of the year. I predicted that the Lions would hold serve against all division opponents. Um, and so I think the Lions win this game 20 to 17. That's my prediction. Um, definitely going to be a great game. Yes, uh, sir. The, li- the, the, the Lions are hungry. They're playing their best football. They're peaking right now. Our young team is really coming together. Um, I firmly believe that Dan Campbell gave the Vikings that game last time. Rob, what do you think about that? Do you think that that, that ridiculous timeout going for it on fourth down six times. Don't you think the Lions pretty much had the Vikings all game until those stupid blunders or no? I think you did kind of shoot yourself in the foot on that. I mean, I can agree to that. There you go. There you go. Hear that, Russ? Rob agrees (laughs) with me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, did he just get? He just came off. He just like made himself leave. I did not make him leave for that. That was not me. I did not do that. I did not make Mike leave. I'm sorry, Mike. Did you just make yourself leave? I can hit the wrong button. Man, it made me. Look, he I'm, had to drop the mic. Yeah, he. That's dro- right. Yeah, he did. He dropped the mic, and, and yeah, I guess I get to sign us off today. Why not? Gosh, my Buckeyes got destroyed last week. Take it. Look at me. Look at my disgruntled face. You guys yeah. messed me up right there. All you Michigan fans, laugh at me as I say, Go blue. you have been watching <laughs> the main event, 365, the main That's stage. Right. Thank you to Rob Haspels and the VWO Army for representing. Uh, we, we always loved your hospitality when we go to the Minnesota Vikings house. God bless every single one of you out there. And uh, we will see you on the flip side. All right. One pride. One pride.